Tala Badri is the founder of the Center for Musical Arts in Dubai. And I absolutely love my conversation with Tala. And I know you will too, because she talks about how you can go and change your career midway through and how setting up your own business can be transformational for you, especially if you have small children. And Tala talks about how she managed to navigate that journey. Also to have her business support her when she's bringing up her young daughter who was diagnosed with autism and how having the Center for Musical Arts really supported her to have her business, but also to be there to support her daughter. So I'm sure you're going to love today's episode with Tala as we talk about the Center for Musical Arts and her journey of being an entrepreneur. One of the greatest things about Female Fusion is our members. We are made up of female entrepreneurs from all over the world, every nationality, every culture, and we are united in our drive for building profitable businesses. And that is why over the next 30 days, I am so excited to share with you stories of our members and sharing with you their tales of how they got started, the highs and lows of business, and their top tips to inspire you along the way. Welcome to another episode of the Women on the Rise podcast, where we are having a special edition where we are interviewing 30 of our female Fusion members, and they are sharing with us their inspirational stories. And I am joined today by Tala Badri, who is the founder of the Center for Musical Arts in Dubai. Welcome to the show, Tala. Thank you. And thank you for asking me. I'm honored to be here. Well, I'm so excited to have you here because you are one of our founding members. Yes. And I just love seeing how everybody's businesses grow and flourish. You've been in the membership for three years now. Three years. Yeah, three years. Three years. We're coming up to three years. And it's so cool to see where CMA was and where CMA is now. So there's a ton of things I want to talk to you about because you have had your business for so long and I think there's so many lessons that people can learn from that. But just so people know, we have a number of international viewers and listeners. Maybe give a little bit about the history of the Centre for Musical Arts. Okay. Um, the Centre for Musical Arts uh, is a community music centre based in Dubai, set up to support the community of Dubai with m- music lessons, musical activities. Um, we celebrate our 17th anniversary in two weeks time, which is very, very exciting. I can't believe we actually have been running for that long. Sometimes I have to pinch myself. Um, so we, we teach instrumental music lessons, um, privately to students independently, as well as running a peripatetic music system for schools in Dubai. At the moment, we work in 37 schools in Dubai. We have close to 1,500 students and a staff of 35 full-time teachers. Wow. It's it's the largest music school in Dubai, It's It's not the largest. We have the largest student numbers, yeah. um, but... By no means are we the largest. There are other music centres that are larger than us, but they don't cover as much as we do. We're far more efficient at what we do. Far than more they are. efficient, <laughs> and you are the ones as well. The the one thing that I found really impressive about what you did very early on as well is you went out and you sought collaborations with the local schools. Yes, um, because the music provision in a lot of local schools isn't great, so you almost filled that 
gap to be able to nurture students yeah. musically. Yeah. How did you did did you find that? Did that really help you grow as a business? Absolutely. Actually, it, it's essentially what sets our business apart from any of the other music centres. So all the other music centres in Dubai only teach within their centres after school activities. We're the only school that actually goes into school and is part of the curriculum and teaches within the school day. So that completely changed our business. Um, if you can imagine, we were only teaching lessons after school, so teachers were free in the morning and they were only busy in the afternoons. It's not a very efficient use of space when you have your own centre all time, really. Um, so we connected primarily with the British schools because that's what happens in the UK. The the peripatetic music service is, is something that is predominant in the UK, not so much in the US or other European countries. So we approached them and there was interest there. And from a parent's point of view, well, if my child can have a music lesson in school rather than me having to get in a car, sit in traffic, get them oh, somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it's like here. 100%. <laughs> and do you know, I actually, as a parent, my kids used to go through your lessons when they were in primary school and it was great because I didn't have time to take them after school. Well, exactly. And I think as things changed, I mean, Dubai previously was easier not as many women worked because they chose not to work. But now it, you find a lot of women are full-time and they're not always at home and they don't have the time to shuttle their kids back and forth all the time. Um, and, the, and the traffic is horrendous. So a lot of them prefer it to have lessons in school. It means they can also do so much more because if they have a music lesson in school, then they can play football after school or yeah. so on and so forth. And we're so lucky here that our kids have so many opportunities to do that. But in essence, yes, being able to be in schools actually doubled the size of our business. Wow. Yeah. And that happened quite early on as yeah, well within uh, the business. We've actually, we've been in schools now for uh, 14 years. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So that was because my kids have been in Dubai for 14 years. Yeah. And we started at the very beginning when you offered exactly. that as well. Yeah. So I was one of your first customers. Yes, that's it. <laughs> there you are. So the CMA was your first business, but this wasn't your your first career. What did you what did you get into before you started the CMA? So when I graduated from university, I I have a degree in music. Um, I came back in the early 90s to Dubai, and I tried to find a job in music. And at that time, it was really difficult. I couldn't find anything, not even a teacher. There were very few schools that actually taught music and they had already established music teachers being there. And I thought, well, what am I going to do? So I actually went back to uni and I did another degree. I did a degree in business and uh, languages. Okay. And when I graduated from that, I got picked up straight out of university onto a graduate training scheme for Barclays Bank. Hmm. And I worked with them for a couple of years and I enjoyed the experience, but it really wasn't the job that I wanted to do. Um, so I was with them for two years and then I met somebody and applied for a job in HR because I like people. <laughs> Good with people. <laughs> um, for Mars, the chocolate company. Okay. And I ended up working with them for 10 years and I started in payroll and I worked my way up through the 10 years I was there to end up being the HR manager for Middle East, Africa and India. Big and job. Big job. Yeah. Yeah. 
a senior management. And did you have to travel a lot? I traveled every six weeks. Okay. All, yeah. And I would be gone for days on end. But you have, you have two kids. Yes. So how did you manage that with two kids? I did all of that before I had kids. Uh Um, so, and I loved that job. I mean, it was fantastic. It was one of the best companies to work for. And I learned so much because as part of the company, you have to go through training in every single department. So I was in sales for six months, finance for six months, HR for six months, marketing for six months. So, you know, it honestly was the best training ground I ever had. Um, well, especially for running your own business eventually well, as well, event- right? Yes, but at the time I didn't think that. I yeah. just thought, well, I'm having a blast here. Yeah. This is great. And I'm getting to visit so many different countries in the world and set up systems. I worked in factories and, you know, it was it was just, for me, it was really exciting. It was something so, so different. Um, and I had my first child And I went on maternity um, and then I went back to work, but I really couldn't do the work that I was supposed to do because traveling with a baby was just so, so difficult. Um, You know, I would have to go to India and be there for a week and come back and then I'd have to go to Morocco and be there and then come back. And so I tried to find another job within the company at the time, but there wasn't anything. And you know how things happen for a reason. Um, very soon and during that period, my daughter was diagnosed as being autistic and it was recommended that I spend more time with her um, and get early intervention. Okay. So basically I gave up my job, which I loved very, very yeah. much um, and stayed at home with her and we were doing 40 hours of therapy a week to get her wow. kind of, yeah. And that, and that was... That was difficult because I went from being busy all the time to being a mum, which I loved being, but really kind of a little bit lost as to as to what I wanted to do because going back to that job was almost impossible. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, your story is not unique. And I know so many women who have gone through this that when your child is diagnosed with uh with a disability or an illness that it changes everything because totally. you can't work yes. you can't work full time no. and be able to to support your child in the way that you do but then there's also part of us that needs to be fulfilled as well and some of that fulfillment is through through work yes yeah so is that where you made the decision to set up CMA then it wasn't actually I was I was a bit lost because I didn't know what to do and I'd actually thrown all my energies into supporting my daughter and um, sort of working alongside with therapists with her. And somebody approached me saying, oh, we really need some help on a board of directors. We're building a community theatre here in Dubai, which was called Duck Tack. Yeah. And uh, they said, but, you know, you've got lots of experience in HR and and we need somebody on the board that can help us with recruitment and, and setting things up. So would you like to join the board? And I said, oh, well, that'd be good because they'll just give me something to do. And uh, they needed an Emirati on the board at the time. And they said, you know, you, you'd be perfect. And I said, well, I need something to do. You need me. Let's do yeah. this. And so I joined the board that built duct tack and hired everybody 
in the first year that worked there. Um, and that was great because it did keep me busy that I could still be at home and support my daughter, but then, you know, do something. And I felt I was contributing something rather than working in the corporate world, which I loved. I did really love my job, but I felt that I was feeding into com consumerism really essentially yeah. and this was a complete change for me that I was actually contributing to the development of something within my country and I got a lot of satisfaction out of that and that was my first oh I really actually enjoy this I wonder if I should look at doing something like this a little bit further on um, and as it turned out after they built the theatre and the arts centre they had some extra rooms and one of the co-founders at the time approached me and said well why don't you set up a music school <laughs> and I went oh I don't know I'm so busy and I was pregnant with my son at the ah. time and I was like I don't know if I could cope you know I'm running around with one child pregnant with another child um I haven't really thought about it uh let me think about it and you know it's, it's like when stars align stars align um I met someone at one of my daughter's therapy sessions who was a music therapist who was studying for a PhD at the time. And she said, oh, I need to do a case study. Can I use your daughter as a case study? <laughs> and I said, great. She says, I'll give you free music therapy. And I said, okay, let's just do it. And I think that was supposed to happen because I saw how much that changed my daughter and, and what it did for her that, in the back of my mind, I was like, I think this is what I need to do. And I think, you know, being offered to open a music school wasn't an accident. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a week later, I, I went back to the guy and I said, OK, I'll take five rooms and I'll open a music school, not knowing what I was going to do. <laughs> I, you know, I'd never written a business plan before. I didn't even know if they wanted a music school. I had done no research. I had, I said yes and was doing all the wrong things that people do these days. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't actually even think it through. I said, yeah, 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 I'll do it. I'll open a music school. Okay, yes, I, I know about parts of business, but setting up a business, running a business, I, like I knew nothing. But do you know what, 17 years ago, yeah. almost now, yeah. There was no information. Like there was maybe yeah, some yeah. books. Yeah. You could go to the library. Yeah. Maybe like join a business council and maybe ask some questions. But it wasn't as widely available as it is now. There was nothing. I mean, I remember, I, I didn't even know who to ask. So I yeah. went to the economic department um, and I said, okay, I, I want to start a business. Yes, you need to register your name. Tell us what your business is. And I said, well, I'd like to call it Centre for Musical Arts and it's going to be a music education training sort of facility. And they said, well, we have nothing in our list. <laughs> it didn't even exist as an yeah. option to register it as a business at the time. And they said, well, well, uh, so I said, so what am I supposed to do? Well, you have to wait for us to create it in the system <laughs> before you can open it. I was like, okay then you know create it create it and did they create it and they did okay. uh, so they created it under education training and they added music center right. so okay. which wasn't there before they had language center they had um i can't remember what else they had but music was not there so they added it and i and i registered 
And then obviously I had to set it up. I had to get a legal license and I needed money to kind of refurbish a little bit. So I went to the bank to get a loan. Uh oh. <laughs> so how did that go? There weren't SMEs in those days. Yeah. You know, so I mean there were, right? But, yeah, but, but like, giving business loans yeah, no. to small businesses and turns out to women was back a, then, yeah. Back then was yeah. like something unheard of. So did they say no? Uh, they they said, oh, yes, this is an interesting idea, um, sure. But you have to have your husband or your father or your brother sign as a guarantor. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. and I was, I was so upset because I'd gone and I'd worked at writing a business plan and um, not knowing if it was good or not, but the bank said it was good and it was a sound business plan. I'd looked at financials. I'd gone and done a little bit of research, you know, sort of asked around, talked to people about interest in music lessons and that sort of thing. Um, And I was starting small. I mean, five studios, it's not huge. And I still, and they were like, yeah, yeah, this is interesting, but this is what you need. And I fought and I fought and I said, I don't need, you know, someone to guarantee me. Um, but they would only accept. And, you know, and my husband at the time said, I'll oh, just let it go. I'll just sign it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I said, I know, but it's the principle. Like it, it is really right. bothered me then. I mean, things are so different now. It's yeah. like that would never the, happen now. No, absolutely no. not. It's completely different. But it is like as a woman where you're trying to establish yourself and set up your own business to have somebody at that point say, yeah. Oh, you need your dad or your husband. And you're like, no, I'm going to do this by myself. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so you got the loan in the end. All of that rest was history. I want to go back and talk about your daughter, Sarah. Yes. um, Who is just a remarkable young woman. And having CMA allowed you to, to spend that time with, with Sarah. Absolutely. Well. Yes. Because it just meant that I could work on my own schedule um, and be with her. But I think what I didn't anticipate was how much time running and owning my own business would take and how personally invested in it I would get. Yeah. Um, it becomes like another child. It does. It, it yeah. does. So, you know, I had a, a newborn. I was juggling a. <laughs> A newborn and a four-year-old and um but it did mean and I'm I'm really fortunate I have my family here you know I have my parents here um who are incredibly supportive so when I needed to I could leave Sarah with them and Ali my son and still be able to do things um so that helped a lot for sure but it did give me the time and the fact that we had done so much early intervention with her, she actually then got into mainstream school, yeah, which made a huge difference. And Sarah's a remarkable young woman. She is. Yes. Maybe, um, I mean, I'd love for you to share with, with people about what Sarah's doing now. Well, Sarah's at home at the moment trying to decide what to do with her life. Uh. <laughs> she, like most graduates. And like, do you know what? I... I'm trying to empathize as a woman and as a parent and who also 
graduated but I was so lucky I got into I went to a job straight out of university literally I graduated in July and in August I was in my job yeah um it's it's different for kids today and yeah and I think I mean she's graduated she graduated with a, a music degree from Berkeley College of Music in America and uh you know yes I'm biased but she's so incredibly talented um and she's come back here but Dubai is still not in the right place to welcome someone like her. But there is, she really wants to be on stage. She wants to be in the West End or on Broadway. She wants to be in a musical. Um, You know, that's the life that she wants. That's what she's interested in. An incredible singer. She is. Yeah. Yeah, she really is. But nothing is set up here for her. So, and also because she's from this country, trying to find work abroad is really quite difficult. America, the whole system in terms of visas and and getting jobs is just so convoluted is the only word I can think of. Um, So she's hoping to apply for a master's in the UK and then from there hoping to maybe get get auditions to get on the West End. And that's what she would, I mean, that's where her heart is. That's what she would really, really like to do. Um, But at the moment she's here for a year. She's going to take time, sort of work on her skills, share her skills. She's. I was going to say, are you going to put her to work in the CMA? No. Okay. No, no. (laughs) She lives with me. She can't work for me. (laughs) That's probably enough. Yes. yes. I think, I think, I think she needs to find her own way. Okay. Um, So she's been asked to do some work musically in in other formats so um one the lady who runs Dubai Youth Choir has asked if Sarah will go and work for her one one day a week and um sort of coach the older older kids in the choir and Sarah's very excited about that yeah which is really good um she's been offered lots of performances she performed yesterday at expo oh cool at the women's pavilion which was so exciting for her um so she's, you know, she'll she'll be busy, not as busy yeah. as I think she would like and not doing what I think she really wants to do. They have to go through that journey, don't they? And I did say to her, I know this is what you want to do, but sometimes it's not open to us. And so sometimes we have to be flexible. Yeah. You know, I said, being a musician, you do have other skills. Yeah. You can use those skills and apply them to something you'd never thought that you would do. Um, and I said, and that's what I had to do. Yeah. You know, I it was the same Started thing for me. Completely differently. Yes. And what 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 kind of advice would you give to to women who are maybe finding themselves that they have that corporate job or they're in something that they're not happy with and want to change, but maybe scared to to make that oh, change? Oh, I totally understand that fear. I mean, I was forced into it. It wasn't a choice for me, um, and. To, to be frank, I could have gone back to the corporate world um, after Sarah started school and, and Ali started school. But I then had then I had a decision to make. When I was in the corporate world, I mean, I really enjoyed the job I did. I was paid tons of money. Yeah. You know, I drove a sports car. We lived in a house by the beach. You know, all the living things. Living the dream. Living <laughs> the dream. And I, I was, you know, and it was that. Now... I own my own business. I have sleepless nights about, you know, (laughs) 
can I pay myself a salary this month? And how am I going to make it to the end of the month? Um, but what I do is so satisfying because I am following a passion. So all I would say is you need to measure what it is that you want, you know, from your life. And I, you know, when I started what is now Center for Musical Arts, I was divorced. I was a single mom. And so I also had to earn money and I could have gone to corporate, but I didn't because I thought, no, I want to make a difference. This is what I want to do. And my heart was telling me this is what you need to do. So it, it just depends what you want, really. And it is, it's the doing something on your terms. Yes. And knowing that you're making a difference. And a lot of women are motivated by that when they when they go into business. Absolutely. And that is that is what motivates me. I mean, that's what keeps me going is that okay, like everybody else, I came back from the summer. I had a summer holiday. It was awesome. And I just thought, oh, I'm not ready to go back yet. But we started on Sunday and I walked in and all these kids were coming in oh. and you know, Hi, miss. How was your summer? I did this. I did that. I didn't practice anything, but here we go. You know, and I was just, but the fact that they were happy to be there and I was yeah. like, do you know what? I'm happy to be here too. Yeah. You know, and it reminds me that I am like, I see this child once a week, but maybe they'll still remember me. I mean, I still remember my music teacher because she had such an impact on me and I'm still in touch with her. And I have kids that I taught who still keep in touch you know, and they're married and they have kids and I'm so excited one of them's coming back to work for me it's beautiful I know it's it's like a full circle somebody yeah. who used to have lessons has gone away to university has done their first few jobs has applied and said I want to come and work for you now so cool it isn't is it? it's brilliant and I feel Incredible. like that's that's what yeah. I want that's the difference that I've made now I've just got to do it with an Emirati <laughs> if possible that would be amazing. It would. You will. Yes. You will. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And you, okay, so you've been in Female Fusion for over three years. How have you found being part of Female Fusion? Has it been beneficial for you in business? <laughs> so I had a question the other day when I was in Abu Dhabi and they said, oh, what was the most challenging thing that you've been through? And every time I, somebody asks me that question, it's a different challenge because you go through different challenges. But the most challenging thing was the pandemic. Yeah. And I said to them, I said, I'm part of this female business group called Female Fusions. And I can tell you that at my lowest point, all I had to do was post and say, I can't do this anymore. I remember a couple of those posts as well. And I had... I can't even tell you how many comments. No, keep going. We're here for you. How can we help? What yeah. can we do? You called me. Kelly called me yeah. and said, right, how can we help you? What can we do? Yeah. Um, and that's honestly, I don't think I would have been able to get through that two years ago had I not been able, if had I not had somewhere that I could reach out to and have people say to me, we're here to help you. What can we do? And that's what it's done for me. Amazing. Yeah. I'm really happy that we could be part of your, oh, your business. But you're, and, and even more so because all my legal stuff is done by a female fusions uh, 
yeah. circle member. All my corporate um, paraphernalia is done by a female fusions uh, circle member. And all, we all sort of help you know, each other out, right? Yes. And, yeah. and this is how I've been able to grow my business. Yeah. In, in the last 18 months, coming out of the pandemic, having to almost start from scratch... I've actually been able to grow my business, which I never really thought I would be able to do because of all these connections and these contacts and the collaborations and the things I've done with other members in the group. Yeah. Where we've done different events together and, and the networking has been amazing. Yeah. I mean, your network is your net worth, right? Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish more small businesses would realize that. that I, you know, and I think... I think a lot of female entrepreneurs are always afraid because if they're on their own, they feel that they're on their own and to actually go to a networking session and just stand there and go, okay, yeah, you know, it's, it's very overwhelming. But ours aren't like that. No, they're not. And it's all because yeah. someone will always come up to you and say, hi, I'm so-and-so. Yeah. What do you do? <laughs> you know, oh, I know someone <laughs> who you should talk to. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Which is the way it should be, right? Yeah, you shouldn't absolutely. be made to feel yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tala, thank you so thank much you. for sharing your story and being an amazing member of Female Fusion. Thank you. Thank you for being there for me. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> and so much more to come from yes. the Center of Musical Arts. Inshallah. Inshallah. Yes. Thanks, Tala. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Women on the Rise podcast and our 30 most inspiring female entrepreneurs. If you are inspired by today's episode, why not come and join us in Female Fusion? We would absolutely love to have you. This is where you will be able to connect with the most incredible female entrepreneurs who are all committed to building a most profitable business. All you need to do is head over to femalefusionnetwork.com forward slash join. I look forward to seeing you on the inside.